racing is so mental. It's actually underrated how much, how much mental, like with racing, how mental it is. I mean, it's, it's very, very underrated. And I don't think fans even understand it. Like, I think you have to be a top racer to fully understand how much mental, how good you can be just from your mental strengths and your mental toughness and your, your grit and just determination to go out there and, and just get the job done. Episode 145, Tank Slapping Podcast. Getting it in the day after the race. This could be good or it could be bad. I've never, I didn't have a lot of time to think about what I was going to say. I still going off of uh, everything that happened over the weekend. It was a big weekend. We got a great podcast coming at you guys on the other side of the mic. Eric Hartley, what's good, dude? Not too much. Just got woken up by a barrage of text messages from you. So, uh, Got the uh, coffee. Let's go. I'm like, wake the fuck up. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, we we don't really plan these very well. Like, we try to just get them in when we can. Obviously, we both have a lot going on, and I'm really thankful that you take time to uh, to do it. And I'm actually headed to the beach for a few days, and you're going to the lake later today. And I'm like, dude, let's get this in. Um, a lot happened, dude. A lot happened over the weekend. It was an interesting fucking weekend, and I'm excited to talk about the uh, the Middletown, New York half mile. Before we get into it too much, I want to shout out Mission Foods being the title sponsor of the podcast. Appreciate everything they do for us, everything they do for the sport, and just everything for the industry, really. They do so much. If you can, go out, support them, buy some tortilla shells, tortilla chips. They got salsa. They got flatbreads. They got Oh man, they got a lot of stuff. So go support them. They support us. I want to give a shout out to Indian Motorcycles since 1901. Indian Motorcycles been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Great lineup of motorcycles. Uh, two dealerships that I would recommend if you're in these area. Go check out Whole Shot Power Sports in Fleming Island, Florida. It's like the Jacksonville area. And Twig Cycles in Hagerstown, Maryland. We have Hagerstown coming up and they're a supporter of that race. And they're an Indian motorcycle dealership. Uh, let's get into it, Eric. I don't know... Uh, you, I was in attendance at this one. You weren't, you're still banged up, but a lot happened. Uh, it started with, uh, we had amateur racing on Friday at the race, but what were your, uh, did you watch any videos leading up to this? Like what were your thoughts on kind of going so, into Middletown? Yeah. So on the Friday night, um, not to steal your, your thunder, but I, I heard about, uh, too tall getting hurt. So I went and scoured the, uh, the interwebs for any kind of, video or anything i could find of the racetrack but i could i i didn't see the racetrack until saturday but all i heard was that it was just uh um, a very difficult racetrack um so i don't have a lot of information about the friday other than you know i heard that uh too tall went down but i have to say this that that picture that you texted me like it was just a moment of like god damn like Evan, your hair looked fucking awesome in that picture. You're in the stretcher getting loaded up. You got your arm in the sling, but it's like, dude, you got great hair, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And okay, so this is just a, a disclaimer. I am going to, I have a lot to quote unquote bitch about for the weekend. Um, <laughs> I know people go, oh, he's bitches about the tracks, blah, blah. But I feel like for most of this year, I've been pretty optimistic and I don't think I'm ever unfair. Like obviously there's opinion, different opinions on tracks and programs and, and things like that. But I don't think, I don't feel like I ever 
bitch about a, a track or a program and just not provide reasons for why I feel that way. So um, and with that being said, none of this is, well, most of this isn't personal. <laughs> um, none of it is like against whoever is involved with these decisions or people that are underneath those decision makers, et cetera. But um, so just um, like leading into this, this race, so Middletown, New York, this was uh growing up, this was always my dad's favorite racetrack. So I have no clue why. He never gave me a good reason. He just always loved Middletown, New York. And talking with like riders like Chris Carr and other riders who have raced my dad there, they said he was very, very fast around that racetrack for whatever reason, right? So I've uh I raced that track in 2015. It was uh I think it was Keith Jacobson who promoted it then as well, PJ's dad who promoted on Friday. And the track was pretty good. Uh from what I remember. Like I remember racing it. Ryan Varnes actually my buddy Ryan got second and of course he quote unquote was catching me, but uh that was just Ryan for you. <laughs> A couple more laps. But uh I raced the track and it was pretty good and I have so many so many laps around that facility, but most of them are at the indoor. That's where like we raced the indoors growing up, up on the hill. So I have a lot of lot of good memories at that fair fairgrounds. Going into this weekend, I know they changed the dirt, right? So that's what I've heard. They brought in this new dirt or whatever, and I haven't heard a single good thing about about the dirt coming into the weekend. So I was like, ooh, if 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 everyone says the dirt sucks, why, why are we coming here? So, um, but when we got there, the track on Friday looked really bad. Um, there was wet spots on the straightaway, the, the corners, the corners looked okay. Um, very okay. Subpar, but the straightaways were, it was like clumpy and wet and, um, golly, man, it, it just wasn't, wasn't a great racetrack. I would say it was rideable, but barely i mean it was it was tough and honestly on friday they weren't doing a lot of track prep to it when i got there it kind of i'm sure they did some prep leading up to it i saw them drop calcium on it they dropped a lot of calcium down on friday but i didn't see much going on friday for track prep and it was just very slick um slick where like both wheels kind of dangle through the corner like the front wheels going the rear wheel comes around it was just really unpredictable it got really rough whatever whatever um and yeah so evan ended up breaking his collarbone partial that is his fault he jumped the start and then he came from the back got tangled up with a bunch of other amateur riders and he broke his collarbone it, it's going to need surgery so um you know part of my emotions on this weekend is it's things that happened like to me personally or the people I help, but it just sucked. It sucked for Evan. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, it was just kind of little unorganized, but yeah, overall it was cool to be back in that part of the country, Eric, but the track on Friday was pretty shitty and I was very, <laughs> I didn't know how the hell Saturday was going to go with what we had on Friday. It wasn't looking great on Friday. Yeah, no, and on Saturday it was what they say said they said something. I think it was Kristen said something in the, the broadcast about how there's like seven different types of dirt out there. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. I forget exactly what the quote was, but it was something similar to that. So 
I yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say, so on Friday, they got done really late. I was at the hospital with Evan and the 50 CC class, they, they put some cones up on the front straightaway and, and they ran the fifties around the cones, which initially I wasn't too hype about. Like if I drove all the way up there and, you know, I was expecting Cruz to ride a half mile. Um, but the track actually was so rough and shitty. I didn't even want him to ride the half mile. So I was okay with the front straightaway track for the fifties, but it was $40 to sign up for him to ride around the front stretch. And it was $25 for him to get, for him to get in the pits. I like, it was very, very pricey. And Hmm. I think for something like that, I mean, a front straightaway track, I, I just don't think he should have to pay the same amount as like the experts that get paid, you know, he's on a 50. So I always try to so, charge. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Is our, is AFT looking to do these kind of like Friday showcases moving forward where it's the same people uh, doing it or in like given the, you know, the, up and come or something to, like a quasi series or is it just happening to where these promoters are having i have no idea uh, front, yeah it's i have no idea i have no crazy. i have no involvement or connection with american flat track on that on that side of it i mean i have i have no idea and i like i really like keith jacobson like i've known him a long time he's a great guy and you know he's promoted races for so long and he's a good guy man i really we go way back with keith and i really like him but i just as a promoter to a promoter, I just, I just think that was too pricey, um, for, to get in the pits for sure. Like, you know, if he's five, five years old, everybody, like if you were a baby, you had to pay $25 to get in the pits. So it got really pricey. And then, and then there just wasn't a lot of, it wasn't a lot of communication, like going into this, I had no idea. Like if I drove four hours and I was thinking he was going to ride a half mile and then they ended up just doing like a front straightaway, like exhibition, I'd have been pissed. Um, but I was there for other reasons, obviously, and whatever. I it it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Um, but I just think that's something promoters can look at. And you go to these Friday showcases, and I love Robbie's my guy. I love you, Robbie Bobby. But um, the Lima one was pretty well organized, but West Virginia and even this one, dude, I could not find any information on this event, like on the Friday night race. Thankfully. Uh, Ryder Reese, his Facebook page, he posted the flyer, but nobody could find any info. It wasn't, it didn't have great entry numbers. It was somewhat okay because there's a pretty good area in New York for flat track racing. And there was a decent turnout. I would say maybe, maybe 85, maybe 85, 90 riders. I'd have to go back and look, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrific. But as far as the showcases go, I think there's a lot of potential there, but I mean, you got to, better prepare and get the information out and create some hype and just do a, well, a I think leading job. into next year that if, you know, that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. If they're going to start doing these showcases are, you know, like let's just make it a series, if you will, where at the beginning of the year, we, you know, we figure like, all right, we're going to have them at this, 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 this race. And it's just kind of a continuation of grands where it's the, t- top riders chasing the dream so i mean i from a marketing standpoint it makes you know complete sense as to why you would want to do these showcases and throw a nugget of um you know so this is like a you know a showcase series if you will um it's it's easy it's easy to corral you know and and get a lot of information out there and i hopefully they can connect it next year and do a little bit 
uh, better job of getting the flyers out for sure. Yeah. And I love that idea, but I mean, you just have to execute the plan. I mean, it's, it, it's really yeah. cool. And that's the reason I kind of took Evan up. I mean, at this point, it wasn't paying any money. There wasn't a purse. Like it might've been $150 to win, but for him to get experience on a track that he mm -hmm. might possibly race next year as a rookie, you can't really, you have to attend those races. I mean, Lima was big. And if you, I mean, if I had an opportunity to run the tracks prior to turning pro, that's a no brainer. So uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of potential there, but the uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah logistics it needs to make sense and the track the track prep needs to be it, it needs i mean lima was great like because they had nice there and his whole team per uh they prepped the the lima friday night race that was that was big so i just don't think i don't think you want to half-ass these showcases like i really think if you're gonna do it you need to make it worth everybody's time and money to come travel and do them um that's well so here's this is where we can sum all of this up and we can use the now famous Corey Texter phrase of accountability, <laughs> right? I've tried to scale back on that just because people give me shit about no, it, but no, no, yeah. you need to lean into it. Accountability. Right, well, accountability. Maybe I'll use that a few times on this pod, but yeah, <laughs> moving forward, uh, moving forward to the Saturday race, I will say I thought they did a pretty good job on Saturday in retrospect of what they had on Friday. Um, I don't think there was a, I, th I think with what they had, they quote unquote crushed it really. I mean, there really wasn't a lot they could do. I think leading into this event, I don't know how the hell we came up with the decision to go to Middletown. Um, it's, <laughs> it's got a lot of history, but fuck dude, the track is history. Like it's just literally, we talk, you know, you hear rumors about we're not going to certain facilities because of um, professionalism and, you know, the bleachers and, you know, putting on a show, et cetera. <laughs> and I talked to, uh, you know, I talked to some of the big team owners on Saturday. I'm not going to name drop them here and throw them under the bus, but they were like, they were all kind of disappointed with the facility and the track. And, you know, initially I don't, I didn't see, I didn't look later throughout the night, but there was one porta potty in the whole pits. Uh, the, the lighting, I'll talk about the lighting, but the lighting was awful. It was just dangerous. Um, so you're, I mean, that's a great point because if you look at like, Oh, we're not going to this place or that place because of professionalism. Uh, where, where were we last weekend? We were in fucking Appalachian mountains, just on the side of the road. And then, you know, they go to Castle Rock. Like, yeah, I know that Tor put like basically six figures into making that racetrack, you know, to the level that it is, but he's not involved this year. And there's just, I just, I balk at um, that, like, oh, you know, we're not going here or there because of professionalism. When I look at some of the rounds and I'm like, shut up. Well, that's what they said about Hagerstown. And I was literally there <laughs> on Monday and it's a beautiful facility. It's, it's better than the facility is better than any clay track facility we've been to this year that I can yeah. you know, off the top of my head. It's a nice facility. Like, and then we go to Middletown and it, it's just, man, it, it's a very, it's not really kept up very well. I mean, it's shanty, like getting in there and the roads, like when Evan broke his collarbone, just getting out of the, getting out of the fairgrounds in the ambulance. I thought he's going to break his other collarbone, just you know, trying to get out of the, get out of the fairgrounds potholes. And it's just like very, 
I don't know. I, it caught me off guard. Uh, like I said, it was, I haven't been there in a long time, but that, that part of it just kind of threw me off. And again, none of this is personal toward anybody that toured toward anybody that planned it or, or whatever. But when you go to the facilities and you check them out, uh, I, I just don't see the scenario where you go to that track and that facility and you say, yep, this fits what we're doing. Um, it just, yeah, it, that's crazy. always something that like, when I go to these races, um, it's funny you say that because I'll talk with Lacey, my wife, and like, well, well like, there's no fucking way Essenson's rig would get into this track or like, we go to one race and we're like, how did they get into here? So, I, yeah, I, I get it. Like, that's kind of like, I just think of the rigs, like getting into the racetrack. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Like I, the, the drivers of those things don't get enough praise for like getting yeah. them in, unloading everything. Like, God, yeah, man, that's that, that should be, that should be the support class for American flat track is just to seeing all the, the, the semi trucks getting into some of these racetracks. Yeah. And they did like the track provided really good racing. I mean, I will, I will say that it was, it was very slick, but it provided pretty good racing. And it was actually, I felt like it was the best at the end of qualifying. It was coming around. It looked really good. And then they watered it and prepped it for the night show. And it kind of made it really slick. I will say, I thought I, I stand by it. I feel like they got on the track too early after they prepped it for the first singles race. And I was standing in the corner and most of the singles were almost looping it around backwards. It was just kind of unpredictable there was still slimy spots on the track and um but generally speaking like i said i i, I stand by i feel like they did a, a really good job with what they had but i just i just that's a lose-lose situation i feel like going to that i just well, yeah yeah i just don't think well, there was much again, more they could have did so no there's not and I agree that, yeah, like, oh, they're getting on there pretty early. But again, like I was saying last week, if you're a kid uh, wanting to get better or somebody that's really, you know, enjoys the sport, like last night was a great opportunity to learn like that. Like, you know, you always like get your foot up, blah, 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 blah. Like you could see like the pros, like they had their foot down for so long and how they were able to like get the bike turned and the throttle control. There was a lot to be learned about racing on a track like this so again if you're if you go back and you're trying to develop a skill watch it you can see their breaking points you can see how you know um careful they were on it when they were giving it the gas and stuff so i mean not every racetrack is going to be perfect but it was still really cool some of those heat races were some of the best races we've had all year like especially in the super twins i was texting my buddy ben and after that first heat race, we'll get into it later. But I was like, that was one of the best fucking races all year. Yeah. The so, riders did a great job. Yeah. They showed up and they they put on a great show. So let's actually yeah. get into it. Let's get in right into the singles. And we'll talk about some other stuff throughout the night if if it comes up with each rider. But I'm gonna let you take I'm gonna let you take the take the lead on the singles here because it was yep. Really good race and a little bit of drama there at the uh, at the end of the race. And I want to get your thoughts on it. But go ahead and let's shout out these top three. Yeah. So Cody goes, uh, he's coming for your record. He's coming for Shana's record. So he's, I mean, he started winning what last year or what, what was, what did he say last time? It was like he's, his first race was only like 16 months ago, something like that. But so Cody no, takes the he top spot. COVID year. I think he took, was in your rookie COVID year? 
20. I, don't know, I think, he, well, he said his first win was only because he didn't win his rookie year. Oh, well, they should, so, yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, he so sucks. it was really cool. He does. He's just, he's <laughs> not. No, so it was good. Um, a little dicey because Chase came in at second. Um, I'd be interested to see what your thoughts are on on that pass, but we'll the we'll get back to that. But then the the in number three or at third place was Tom Drain. Um, he slipped back a little bit. What was he like four seconds off? But there for a while, those the uh, those guys were Dyson. But I just yeah, I want to go back to that uh, that pass with uh, Chase and Cody. To me. Like I love both those kids, but that's racing to me. I didn't think you could see his Cody's bike kind of came unsettled in some of the rough spots. And uh, when you're in the heat of the moment like that, when you're chased, you can't necessarily see what all led to it. But I think if anything, Cody saved it from being a lot worse than it could have been. So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on how that all played out? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I want to make sure we shout out Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Yeah, and I'm like I'm with you. Like I've I've obviously I've known Chase a long time. I love his family. They're super cool and I love Cody, man. I hate him, but I love him and I just uh that's racing. That's I mean, you're going for a win at a professional level. No contact was made. I think I, I was really surprised to see that much emotion from Chase, honestly. And I think a little bit of that is, you know, he's been second. He's been second. He's frustrated. He's, you know, C- Cody and Chase are kind of rivals. Like they've they've gone at it their whole amateur career. And to, for Cody to kind of run him down and make that pass and pull away, you know, I'm sure a little of that frustration was was regarding that more so than the pass. Um, and I, if I was chase, I would, you know, I, I would not get emotional on things like that. I would focus on, on the task at hand and kind of focus on getting your win, man. Cause I just didn't think that was bad. I really, I really didn't. There was no contact and Cody even stuck his hand out to apologize. I wouldn't have stuck my hand out to apologize. I, I don't think there was anything to apologize for. And yeah, I mean, um, Chase had to shut off, you know, he Chase had a great save from, from not running into the wall. But I mean, I've been in so many situations like that where, you know, someone runs up the inside of you and, you know, it, you try to, you try to give room, right? Like you try to give, you try to be courteous to your peers. Some guys aren't courteous at all. Like I fucking get, I've gotten run into the wall multiple times. I mean, if you're past where he was, Cody was past him. It's your, it's a guy on the outside's responsibility, in my opinion, to shut off. Um, yeah. You can you try to give him a little bit of room, and I feel like Cody did for the most part. Um, it got a little dicey, but I think that's racing, and you know it's uh, it's one of them things that I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't over. I think I he, I think if he doesn't hit that bump, he's got chase by. I mean, you know, by the time he gets out of the corner, he's three or four bike links in front of him. Like he had the momentum on the slide job uh, to make it stick. I think just what complicated is that he hit a bump. And it kind of like got him a little bit closer than what he. Well, I'm going to throw some more intended. insight on that. I think he was aiming for that for those bumps. I think he was aiming, and I haven't talked to oh. him yet. But I think he was aiming. It was it was like a tacky spot where the bumps were, and he was making up a lot of time driving it through that section of the track. Below it and above it were yeah. slick, and he was he would hit that and gain a lot of time. And yeah, it kind of shot him wide a little bit. But I mean, I just think that's racing, especially racing yeah, for a yeah. win, like. This ain't fucking T-ball. I mean, we're out here. We're we're trying to, you know, get paid and and win championships. And uh, and I love Chase. He's going to get his win, man. I really thought it was going to happen. 
Um, but yeah, it just racing's hard. One thing <laughs> what was really cool is that I mean, we've talked about these Turner bikes on miles, right? And um they're you know basically just mile bikes, right? And then on a track that is a half mile and super slick, Chase was able to corral that beast and damn near walk away with his first uh career win this is yeah. not a track that i thought chase was going to be a factor and i'm just being honest right i thought that it was going to be uh, a tom drain and cody cop half a track of fucking ahead of everybody kind of race after those first few times out on the track but you know kudos to and you know down in fourth place you had trent another one of those bikes that they were able to just to kind of corral the beast and yeah uh, they did pretty good Nah, Chase is the gamer. I've said it multiple times. So hopefully you're not mad at me, buddy, for uh, for you know talking about that incident a little bit. But I, yeah, I just think it's a racing incident. I mean, yeah. And if you go back and watch, I think it was 21. I mean, Bromley literally like drove it on. He like went under the racing line and like punted me in the last corner. And you just can't show emotion. You just gotta. I mean, that's sometimes you know. And Chase isn't. Again, he's not. He's aggressive too, right? Like all these kids are aggressive. So you look at Tom drain running into max and whatever race that was and Bruner and Trent, like everybody's super aggressive in this class. So sometimes, sometimes they give in, sometimes they take it, but overall the, the, this class is in really good hands moving, moving into the future. And, and Chase is, yeah. he's, he's going to be a problem. He already is a problem, but he's going to be tough moving forward. He's, he's very determined. He's an amazing rider. Um, and honestly, Tom Drain kind of surprised me. I, I didn't expect him on these type of racetracks to be as far up in the results as he is. I was thinking more fifth, sixth, and he's crushing it. Um, so big shout out to Tom Drain. I think he saw how fast his brother Sam has been lately, and he's scared he's going to take his ride. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom's been crushing it, and the team's obviously – it's a really – it's a really good team, obviously, and he's – He's he's really surprising me. He's more consistent on these tracks than I thought he'd be. And then you talked about Trent. I think that was a pretty solid result for Trent. Um, I look. I mean, I go to these intervals and five point seven off the lead. That's that's still a big gap. So if he's going to try and get up yeah. there with Cody and and contend on these clay tracks right now, he's got to find something a little bit more. The team's got to find something a little bit more. But I think a fourth is. I mean, Trent was pissed. With, he was not happy to get fourth so that's that shows you where he's at in his program right now he expects to run up front and yeah fourth was uh it is what it is there and i'll go one more here and i'll let you chime in but aiden rusev and bruh good job dog that was a good result and i was standing there with with uh steve Beatty and he's like his crew chief guy this year and good result man it's uh when Aiden was an amateur rider, him and Trevor Bruner used to battle a lot. And to see him get up there in the mix, get a new guy in the top five, that was really, really cool to see. So congrats to the whole family and the team. That's definitely something to smile about. And keep at it, dude. One, you got to get back out there. Keep, do it again. Keep, yeah, keep that plugging. Was Don't over-celebrate. That was definitely back out my... <laughs> My uh, surprise, uh, I don't know a lot of his amateur career, uh, but I did not pick uh Roos Evans to get a top five but he looked great there for uh the main event and congratulations yep moving in we got trevor bruner who's he's just really this is where he's at all year he he doesn't finish any worse than where where he kind of is right there in sixth place and <clears throat> i thought maybe he would have been 
like going into this, like going into Saturday morning, I thought Bruner and Trent and Cody would have been the guys on and maybe even Dalton a little bit based on what the track was. And yeah, solid result, but 10 seconds off Cody. I mean, Cody and Cody and Chase were so fast. I mean, it's the gaps they the gap they put on these riders is, you know, 10 seconds on fifth. That's a it's a big gap. So Bruner and sixth. Dalton came around a little bit there. Uh seventh for Dalton. Not not uh Again, Dalton's so talented on these type of tracks. I thought maybe this could have been a rebound podium for him, but he showed some life and, you know, definitely some improvements from the last few races. I want to give a shout out to eighth place, Terrence Santero. That's, that's a solid result. I don't know if that's a career best for him, but he's, he's a great rider and a little inconsistent, but he's starting to figure it out. And if he can, you know, just keep building on this, he can maybe be, you know, he could have a really good result where he's kind of where Roos Evans was, maybe a fifth or a sixth. And same with Hunter Bauer and same with Travis Pett, and that kind of filled out your top ten. I think they all, if they have a really good day, they could kind of mix it up there with with the guys who are usually top seven. So good result for pretty much all those guys, all those riders. They, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth, Santero, Bauer, and Pett, and that's a really, really good result for them. Shout out to uh, Hunter Bauer for uh, going and getting his chain. I don't know if it was a great catch. Did you see that? Uh, I don't know if you've watched it back or whatever. But I think it was Moorhead, like, went and picked up the chain. And uh, Hunter, like, walks over and picks it up. And, like, Moorhead's, like, saying, hey, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it. And he just chucks it. And Hunter effortlessly just catches it like a movie star. And I'm just oh, kidding. nice, dude. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see that. I'll have to go back. And yeah. you know what? Last pod, I think I shouted out Travis Petten for wearing the fitted cap, like, no snapback little Fred Durst, but it's actually Hunter Bauer. He wears the fitted cap. Um, my bad. Yeah. I, I, I messed that up, but I love it. I mean, yeah, they, uh... the, nobody wore snapbacks back in the day. I mean, you know that it was all the, it was the fitted, um, the fitted caps, like the MLB caps and Hunter yeah. Bauer still rocks it. I, I love it. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. So they dress funny in Canada. Just kidding. Well, he had a he had a St. Louis Cardinals hat on the one year. I'm like, oh, you're a Cardinals fan. No. He's like, he's like, no, no, I, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then Petten wears he wears the snapback backwards. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's your fashion fashion plug from uh, the pod. But going into the happiest guy during rider introductions, he could start third yeah. or twentieth, and it's Jared Lowe with the eleventh. Pretty pretty solid result for Jared. He he was he had yeah right I now? bought it. He what did he had a front row start in what his heat and uh, just laid an egg on the start and got shuffled back. So you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hold uh, the jet accountable. He had a lot more oh boy. Yeah, he had a lot oh more boy. to offer uh, than an eleventh place, and I know he'll say that too. So it's good to see jared up in the mix but we just gotta we just gotta keep it going we can't we can't finish 11th when we had good good track speed and yeah front rows and, and stuff he like almost that. does better when he starts on the second or third row because i remember last year castle rock he started on pole i think and he was literally 69th going into the corner like i'd i don't know i don't know yeah. if the nerves get to him or what <laughs> but i gotta give Maybe I'll give uh, the jet a little pep talk before his heat race at the next one, and just just get him in the go. zone for that. You, you gotta you gotta get in there if you if you're on the front row, you're in a front row spot. You gotta capitalize on it, and you know I think yep. 
that probably would have helped him a little bit with, uh, with where he was at in the main event, uh, going into 12 Shana. Uh, I mean, obviously you see Shana texter next to a 12th and you, you want to kind of be critical, but I, I thought she rode pretty good for what the mm-hmm. track was. It was very, very slippery and it was rough. And she actually tweaked her knee really bad in the, one of the qualifiers she her knee is it's uh it's it's not great right now and i didn't think she was going to race honestly after the qualifier um you know we were getting her knee checked out and for her to go out there and battle and then even like at the end of the race she made a couple late moves she got by zabala and she ran down jared honestly jared low and decent decent ride uh subpar result but decent ride and i thought i thought she rode pretty well all things considered with the track um mm-hmm. Zabala in 13th. I think he started like he was started pretty far up on the grid. I don't know what he got in his heat, but I think I he got yeah, like second. Didn't he? Was he in the dash? I don't think he was in the dash. Maybe third. I think he was like front row or second row pole, maybe or something. But yeah, he struggled a little bit in the main main event. Um Cole likes to throttle, and that track got really slippery. But I've also seen some tracks like this where Cole really does well on. So might have just been uh I don't know. Missed the setup. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, one of those things that. Yeah, I'm sure he's yeah, a little he bummed. Third. Yeah, he that's got good. Third that's in a, his heat. That's a good yeah. heat rate res- heat race result for him, and I'm sure he's a little bummed with with the 13th. But uh, going in the 14th, Jordan Jean, man, congrats, dude. That was a solid ride for him. He actually looked really really good in. The, I think it was the semi. He might have got second or second, maybe or fourth in the semi, and looked really good and they do a full privateer program him and his parents and yeah that's it was cool to see him get up in the in the main event uh, i don't know if that's his first main of the year or second main event but yeah it was cool to cool to see him in the mix Mishler, man i don't even i i don't know i don't know i don't to say about more struggle <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i he had to take his revisional so come on mark come on merg like i we want you. I I want Merg to be up there. I it's it's good for the sport when Merg's on the podium. He's just a unique guy, great personality, and he's just struggling right now. So, um, not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But fifteenth, he had to take a provisional and just didn't move forward. So, going into sixteenth and seventeenth, two triple digit. Pretty much the two triple digit guys who are the only ones that are kind of making most of these main events now. It's Eisenhard. And Declan Bender, 16th and 17th. And then going into 18th, and I'll let you chime in. We had Max Whale. Max went down on the first start. And then he yeah, really that, just go ahead. Well, so when when they were coming out of the corner, you when it was live, you could see a bike flipping. And I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be bad. So Shout out to everybody that was behind Max or in the vicinity. Like that, I mean, that was just in like the worst spot. Trust me. Ask me how I know why it sucks to crash coming out of corner two. But like the fact that everybody missed Max, I was like, damn, that's that's talent. So that's that's the one takeaway that I had from it. It was like, how the hell? Like it's a bummer that Max got you know got out of the corner and crashed and you know I love I'm a I'm a fan of Max but like how the hell did nobody else get tangled up in that like that well was you got to give props to the to the riders in this class I mean they yeah riders have man they they've come a long way with awareness and everything reaction time and these riders are very talented and I think it was Chase and Shayna I think they both were yeah. the riders who almost clipped Maxi and 
yeah, he's uh he's got to definitely be thankful for for his peers that they're able to have the reaction time and ability to kind of avoid that. And yeah, I, I don't know though. Like he just didn't move forward after the restart. I mean, his best time was a twenty eight four, and you know, Cody's Cody was a second and a half quicker his best time. So I don't know how close those bikes were. I mean, I think they're pretty close, but. I don't know if he got hurt or or what. I didn't talk to Max after the race. He didn't look yeah. too too stoked. He was on. holding his uh, wrist pretty pretty evidently on oh, uh, on the TV. So I think that he sucks. was. I I think he just you know was banged up and just was clicking laps and getting points. So I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's a bummer because he was he had moved into second in points, and then to have a have a bad points day, it's just uh, it sucks for for max but yeah he just uh he, i mean i don't know he just move on to the next one hopefully his wrist is is decent enough to where it nothing major and then chad coast my chatty in the in the 19th spot we we threw we had a day we had a fucking day we threw a hail mary at the bike for the main event and it was very very bad and uh he pulled off so it was a big gamble and it, it looked like it was trying to, to spit him off. We, we, we would have either been a hero or, and, or a zero and we ended up being a zero. So uh, we always joke around me and Chad about, well, we don't want to show him all of our, all of our cards yet. And about five laps in, I'm like, all right, Chad, you might want to start showing him some of your cards. So, um, <laughs> but we had a big, a big ordeal, Eric, in the, in the heat mm-hmm. race. I don't know if you saw any yeah. of that. I did not see any of it, but I went back and watched it and, uh, the, I could, I, yeah, it started to make sense. So I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's what's going on. So I would love for you to go into detail as to what the fuck happened. Yeah. I need to catch my breath a little bit on that one. Um, (laughs) so they had watered the track before the heat race and, um, and they were prepping it, you know, they came off the track, they went out and re-prepped it, whatever. Um, and we were pitted way, way, we were the farthest pit away from, from where the staging was. And we were right by the track. So me and Chad, like they overwatered it and we were out there just checking the track, et cetera. Um, they did the national anthem and then they call, they, you know, they were like, Hey, you guys get to you got to get up there or whatever. So James went up and then Chad, Chad rolled up as well um he rolled out uh, about as he rolled out at the end of like everybody went on the track for their sight lap he rolled out at the end of that pack so he made his sight lap rolled around and and went to line up and they put him on the back row so i'm not disputing that we were a little quote unquote late for the staging but the rule book says you need to be in staging by the end of the checkered flag of the previous race, which is a well-known rule, um, granted that this was the first heat race of the night, there was no checkered flag that kind of tells you that. Um, with the goofy track prep prior to the heat race, it was unknown if we were starting on time, if we weren't starting on time, uh, we were checking the track out, et cetera. Um, the only other, so the checkered flag thing, and then the other part of the rule book, it says or when staging is closed. So you either have to be up there before the checkered flag of the previous race or when they close staging. And they neither one of those was a thing. Um, they didn't close staging. They waited for Chad to get up there. And then they sent him out 
he went out, he did the, he did the sighting lab and then they penalized him and put him on the fourth row. And I absolutely have a problem with that rule. Um, I, it, they, if, if the, if they want to penalize him, then they need to close staging. They need to send the pack out and then they need to put him on the fourth row. They did not do that. They didn't follow what the rule book says. And then I will say, I appreciate Brian Smith coming over and trying to the verbiage, trying to explain it. And he kind of threw in there that the national anthem is, is that kind of what the checkered flag is for the start of the day. But I mean, it's not in the rules. <laughs> I think they just kind of threw that one out there and we talked and it'd be cool to have that verbiage in the rule book. But yeah, they uh, and they're inconsistent as fuck. I mean, they're inconsistent with the rules at at Red Mile. Chad missed this sighting lap completely, and they put him on his in his normal spot. So for whatever reason, they handpicked Chad, and they would not let him start in his normal spot, even though he didn't miss the sight lap and staging was not closed. Um, I was there at Sonoya where they closed staging, and Birdsong and Eisenhard couldn't get out on the track and staging was closed. They never closed staging. So yeah, that's where that's so where that that's what, where that was. What can you do as a team manager to present this to competition? So like in a formal approach, could you draft a letter and, you know, list all your reasons um and ask for there to be uh red ink added to the uh, rule book uh, to clarify that because if they don't this could happen again and again and obviously when this stuff happens you have to be cautious to not throw you know uh, bullets at the 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 workers right because yes it, it does sound like the the staging people are the ones that drop the ball but really well, it goes above them yeah. and you have to say AFT <laughs> Like let's, I, I, that's just the way my brain works is it, it yeah. needs to be black or white in the rule. And if you let this slide, it could happen all over again next round to somebody. It's just it's, to them. It's, it's just a call, right? It doesn't affect them. It, it was made very quick. Oh, just put him on the back. It's like, dude, you ruined his night. I mean, he was literally starting second in the heat race and you started him on the fifth row on on a decision that you need to you need to I've I've been in race control at Moto America and decisions are thought out. I mean, you don't just make those calls and just say fuck it. And I'm gonna go one further and I'm gonna say and again, guys, I'm sorry if I piss off anybody at AFT. I mean, whatever. It, it, I'm just I have a platform and you know I'm I'm just speaking how I feel on it. But if if Jared me if that happened to Jared Meese or JD or Dallas. There's no fucking way they would have put him on the back. If you miss the sight lap, maybe. But because it's Chad and he doesn't fit their narrative to an extent, I feel like that call was made much more quicker than if it was somebody like Meese or Briar or Shayna or JD or Dallas. And I stand by that. And, you know, yeah. I'm going to go to bat for my team, whoever I'm working for. And I went up and, you know, I went to staging first and, um, you know, the staging guys are rad and it wasn't their decision. They, they just do their job. Um, so I went over to Dave well, McGrath. But wasn't it their decision not to close staging, right? They don't make, like, they just, they have radios and the decision, okay, okay. I don't know who that, like the decision, the close staging comes from, but I went over to Dave McGrath, um, 
And I'm going to be critical. I'm sorry, but I knew it'd be a shit show conversation just because of how he is. <laughs> and I went <laughs> over and I tried to, I calmly went over with Ashley, our mechanic. And I said, Hey man. Um, and granted my, my guy just got his whole night fucked and I'm trying to go over level headed with good temperament. I'm trying to just, I want to know what the rule is. Cause I didn't have the rule book in front of me at the time. And I was like, Hey man, um, I'm just trying to clarify a rule. Uh, you know, and as soon as I started talking, he immediately started smirking at me and kind of mocking what I was asking. And I had a fucking problem with that. Um, so I, I called him a smart ass. I'm like, you're being a smart ass, dude. I'm just asking a question. And he immediately came unglued. Uh, Oh man, smart ass. Like he got, he like, he's a big guy. He like rolled right up in my face, was cursing at me. He was so focused on the fact that I called him a smart ass that he couldn't even answer the question I had. And I'm being critical because if you're in that, if that's part of your job and you need to be like, if people are asking you questions based on what happened, you need to be able to be level-headed enough to answer the question and not be a smart ass, not smirk, not not kind of act in that reaction. Um, and prior to this, I've always had a lot of respect for Dave. I know he can kind of be edgy, <laughs> um, but we've always kind of understood each other to an extent. But I've 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 lost a lot of respect for Dave after after that that's that situation. Um, you got to be able to you got to be able to take questions. And not like he just immediately just didn't care at all. Like my question was inconvenient, even though you just ruined the rider's night on a gray area rule, just answer the question, bro. I'm just asking like, what is the rule? Um, then he tried to place blame on other riders who didn't, or other workers who didn't make the decision or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually came out that the decision came from race control, Chris Carr and Kevin Crowther and, yeah, I uh, I I disagree so with that, the rule. So that that's my that was where I was getting ready to uh lean into is we know that uh Brian Smith is he got another he got another promotion right now. He's now he is the the series director and Chris Carr is now race director, race control and I don't know if this race or last race was his first where he's kind of come on board, but do you think moving forward now with Chris being more in control of the race day, you're going to see a lot more of mm -hmm. cutthroat rules being made that maybe like AFT was like, Oh, Brian's too close to people. We got to make things a little bit more uh, cutthroat. So I was stirring the pot, but whatever, it's our podcast. We can do that. But I, I, I just wonder if it wasn't, if it was Brian, would that have been made? Do we kind of look at Chris now that he's in control making those calls yeah and i'm not going to throw anybody under the bus i mean sometimes in my conversations with brian uh with brian he's been a little um edgy with certain questions but a lot of times he handles it well um i think mm -hmm. i appreciate brian coming over and being level-headed about the situation and yeah i just shout out to brian i know he listens to some of the podcasts and i do appreciate brian coming over but it doesn't fix the fact that it really screwed up. Uh, you know, we invest a lot of money and time into the program. Eric, you know, from first impressions, invests a lot of time in what we're doing. All the riders, they invest a lot of time in the series. Like, and I just don't feel the uh, some of the workers appreciate that. Um, we're customers so in your series, and 
if there's an yes. issue, we're just simply asking a question on what the ruling is. I just think, you know, it can be handled way better, way differently. And as far as the call itself, I think they need to black and white it. Um, I think you need to just close staging. If they would have closed staging and sent the riders out and Chad wasn't able to get out, then fine. He's penalized. We get it. We understand that call. Well, but they weren't consistent with the call. Here's my thing. It, we know every every podcast at some point Eric puts on his conspiracy hat, right? And now is the time. But I'm coming to this with good, you know, good uh you know, foresight or, um, you know, knowledge is that if you go back and you listen to Chris Carr's podcast, there is a moment and I forget exactly which episode it is, but it just dawned on me. He does call out Chad Coase for not fitting the mold and, you know, he's partying or he's doing this. It's like, Hey man, you gotta, you're a professional athlete. You gotta get into, you gotta be fitting, fitting the mold a little bit more. So then, I I can't help but think that you are right in your, you know, kind of assumption of like Chad doesn't fit the mold. So he's going to get, you know, kind of the shit into the stick on some of these calls. So burn me alive at the stake, if you will, but go back and listen to Chris Carr's podcast, find the episode, but he does call Chad out for not fitting the mold. So maybe, maybe that definitely, um, fueled some of the fire on that call but there yeah and i didn't even think about any of that honestly and i i don't know exactly which individual made the call but kevin crowther and chris were up in there and their race control and and uh yeah i obviously have a really long history with chris he was uh my rider coach when i won my first championship i call him uncle chris but i i didn't even know i haven't talked to chris we we check in usually but i didn't even know he was working for aft until he was um we didn't talk at the race uh i will be honest and i will say that i texted chris i texted gene crouch i texted kevin the only response i got back was from kevin crowther um and brian came over and chatted with me and honestly i don't i don't even want to chat with mcgrath i i'm just being honest um yeah if if i just was a really a man the man it was a lack of respect uh with with mcgrath so it is what it is. I'm not going to overstress on it, but again, like I have a platform and I'm going to just raise these, raise, raise this stuff, raise awareness on this stuff because it's just a, it's a bummer for the series to just, I just, yeah, we're all investing. So I, 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 fuck, I don't even want to get into it again. I was, it was, uh, it was a real, it was a bummer, man. And uh, yeah, so it is what it is. We'll move forward, but uh, shout out to Brian. I appreciate you for coming over trying to uh, explain it to us. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I just think we need to have, we need to have rolling and Moto America. If you miss the, holy shit, it's pouring. Sorry. I was, I heard noise outside. It's freaking pouring here. Um, Moto America, if you miss your, your site lap, you get pen- like the ruling is just so it's more black and white and for a decision that big, it just needs to be, uh, yeah, it needs to be black and white on, on what, what's going on and, and be consistent. Like anyway, Moving on. It is what it is. Hopefully I didn't overly piss off anybody. I, I try to be respectful. I try to be an ally for the series. Um, I try to promote the sport. I whatever. I I but I'm I, I was really frustrated. Um, mainly more so with the lack of respect than the than the kind of the decision itself. I just think that was uh it was just crummy. It was a crummy deal. So anyway, fuck it. Moving forward. Crummy. Uh 
Super Twins main event, Eric. I'll let you chime in on the the top three. Well, 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 we 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 don't want to end on hooligans, right? So we're gonna let's go hooligans main <laughs> event quickly. It's the fan favorite. It's the reason why people come out to the races. Brand parody, and I have some opinions on uh, running hooligans. Uh, GNHC. This uh, back to back to back to back. I think it. Um, I don't know if this is the right way to articulate it, but it kind of seemed almost there was only thirteen entries. Only ten bikes made it to the end of the race. Um, I know that the Northeast has a lot of talent, but not a lot of numbers. But it's almost quasi saturation of the market by asking an amateur um, series to run consecutive races like this. Um, and it's unfortunate that we we're only able to come to bat with 14 riders and only 10 lasted uh, the half mile. But of those 10 riders that finished it, they're all some of the best in the sport. So quickly, I wanted to shout out uh, Sean Bayer for once again, dominating that bike is phenomenal. His lap times were, you know, right up there with where you would expect. Um, I was a little surprised that Maloney Jr. Getting in second. I know he's a fantastic rider, but uh, leading into it, my, my podium was going to be Sean, Ron and uh, Andrew uh, Moreno Jr. But um, to see another triumph get in fourth place, that was, that was great. Um, but I don't know if you were able to watch any of the hooligan racing. Um, it was definitely the, I mean, I, I don't want to be the Monday morning or Sunday morning quarterback here and say it was one of the least entertaining ones, um, given that there was just no real racing because Sean was way out front. Um, and then second and third, you look at the intervals, 4.2, and then you know half a second back from there is Ron. But then three seconds, uh, you know, you've got fourth and fifth and then another two seconds, you get to six. And then from there, it's just 15 seconds. So it was definitely um, not the best foot forward for the GNHC. But again, um, I just go back to you're asking a lot of an amateur series to have guys run back to back to back like this. Um, so I'm glad there's a break. Um, for the series now and some of these guys can get their bikes fixed and and get back to going fast in a circle yeah and i'll just touch upon the hooligans a little bit i didn't get to watch a lot of it i was uh really busy with everything going on and then i was super heated about about that's the heat race <laughs> uh yeah amber had the she's like amber when amber's concerned about me because i you know i get fired up right i'm emotional i'm i got a lot of passion when amber comes over that's why we a, love you that's with a look you. of concern amber's like you all right. You're all right. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just I'll be all right. So, um, I just, I want to give Sean bear a shout out. His bike is great, but fucking dude is a good rider. I just raced Sean at the Frederick yeah. Barbara Fritchie on, on Tuesday. And he's riding as good as he's ever ridden in his life. And honestly, he's just a better rider than the guys he's racing with right now. Yep. Um, I think he'd win on anything right now. He's riding very, very well. He looks like he's having fun and I got to give a shout out to Sean. Uh, he, he rode great on Tuesday he's, at Frederick and he's yeah. fit too. Like if you look at like a lot of the other riders in the hooligan class, they're not that, um, <laughs> you know, fit. I mean, lack of a better words, like he's trim and he's in shape and yeah, yeah. he's riding a nimble bike. And like, if you want to win like that, like get off the couch and do some sit-ups, you know? 
Yeah, he's crushing it. Kevin Maloney Jr., that was a surprise for me. Uh, it was cool to see him, a different name up there all day. Yeah. It wasn't a fluke thing. Like, he he was, like, I oh, think yeah. the second fastest guy all day. And and then John Ron, John Ron in third. Ludlow, Ludlow is a good dude, man. I I, uh, I didn't even see Ludlow there. I, I, I was so busy. I didn't see him. And uh, shout out to Ludlow and uh, Murano, man. He's a cool guy. I, I like Andrew. And he's a Pat Maroney-supported rider. So, I told Pat he needs to. We need to start a hooligan team. Build me a hooligan bike for next year. I'll be. Uh, I'll be Andrew, Andy's teammates. <laughs> I just want to ride the, <laughs> the 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 Maroni's colors on a Harley. I just think that'd so be, awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be super sick to uh, to build another bike. So I'll have to get Pat all cocked and fucking just get him to convince him to build <laughs> me a bike. <laughs> um, there you go. But uh, yeah, good. Uh, good. Good showing. I, I love that the hooligans are part of the of the uh the aft stuff when when they are it's uh it's a cool addition so uh, i forgot i gotta give i gotta give one more shout out to bo woodrick in eighth place bo and i uh are i would say we're contemporaries we're very uh close in all the races we always do so when i see bo do well i'm like yeah i could have you know we always we're racers we all do that so like uh, to see bo get up yeah, yeah. To see him get in the top 10 like on top of like, you know, we're so close when we race, he and his wife and his kids are such great people. So hell yeah. I should make out of you. Yeah. He's cute enough. He's cute <laughs> nah, enough. He's a really cool guy. I love Bo. He's yeah, super, yeah. except he, he convinced me to do an, uh, he convinced me to do a hair scramble last year and it rained the whole night prior. <laughs> and he single-handedly <laughs> made me sell my bike after that race. Cause I got PTSD from sitting on it. Um, it was probably the worst experience of my life riding a motorcycle. I was literally in tears <laughs> trying to finish the race. So fuck you, Bo. Um, but good job at the hooligan race, uh, going into super twins main event. I'll just shout out, uh, Jared Meese. He's really good at riding motorcycles. He took the win. Uh, Briar Bauman made it interesting there after the red flag. Um, he might've been able to go for the win. He had the fastest lap of the race and it was like with two or three laps to go but it was a very risky, um, he was on the ragged edge, like oh literally God, inches yes. from the air fence, doing what he could to tame that fucking KTM Duke. And literally last lap, I'm yelling like, just take the second. Cause it was kind of, <laughs> I thought he was close enough to where I could see it. He was, he was gonna maybe go for it, but it would have been a win or a crash, I think. And he ended up settling for the second, but he got kind of shuffled back after the restart. And golly, man, he made some really good passes on some really good guys to to kind of get that second place back. And and uh, a last ditch effort for Dallas to snag the podium and keep his podium streak going over Brandon Robinson, who was a little off off and on all day, a little inconsistent. And B Rob showed up ready to ready to collect rent man and he was right up in the mix but uh but dallas kept his podium streak alive but it was a really really good race and that's a track that really meese i would expect him to win at and uh but prior is is, it's very impressive what he's doing on a stock and i think if you go back to like what we talk about with briar like doing things on motorcycles that not a lot of people can do but like also not a lot of people should do on motorcycles like when you're talking about like at the end of the race when he's going super high on the the uh the racetrack i'm like well he's definitely figured out that's where that ktm needs to you know be to you know to get passes but holy shit there was not uh an inch 
allowed for a mistake when he was that high. And I, the same, like Lacey was sitting there with like white knuckles, like what the fuck are you doing? Like it was very yeah. nerve wracking. Oh, as, as his brother-in-law, it's, it's pretty stressful as well. But I mean, are you not entertained? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, he doesn't yeah. settle. Like if he's following people on the inside and the outside might suck, but it, there's a 1% chance it's better. He's going for it. And it's, He's he lives and dies by the sword. Like I mean, he he'll either go for it and he'll lose a couple spots, you know. He, he but he'll go for it. Like he's not going to settle and and sit there. And if you if you're like right by the corner watching him kind of move around on the bike, and I mean, you can't make an argument that the bike is that good right now because it's literally a stock bike. I mean, I know Dave Zanotti, Michelle, they're some of the best there is with setting up the motorcycle, but damn, he he rides the shit out of it and. It was very entertaining. Um, JD Beach came around after the – he was a little off, man. I watched – I think he got fifth in his heat race. Um, he really was struggling, and he came around, and he's a gamer. Um, and then I'm going to give a big old shout-out to Billy Ross, sixth place. That is really impressive. Um, yeah. His bike – <laughs> I, I didn't even know what he was riding because he had, like, these up pipes, and the bike didn't sound like a Cowie, really. And it's – uh for him to kind of – quote unquote, I don't know how it went down, but he sort of lost his ride with the Briggs auto Johnny go team. And for him to come out on, on a Cali, you know, it's a inferior motorcycle to the Indian motorcycle, especially on that bike on that track for him to come out and get a sixth. I mean, uh, that's a great result, Billy. Um, Billy can be a little inconsistent. Like there's days where he, you know, he's, he's literally an amazing rider. And there's some days where he just struggles. And if he can like consistently put these results up, you got to start looking at his name, um, you know, in the next year or two for, for a good ride. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, good job, Billy, man. Just, uh, you know, get back to work and, and do it again. That was a really good ride. We talk about setup and, and, you know, I think, and I'm definitely guilty of it, of kind of outthinking yourself. And, um, sometimes there are tracks and bikes and when it all just, you just got to ride it. And I think Dallas to go back to third place, uh, did a great job of that where he just said, fuck it. I'm going to let my crew chief do whatever the hell they want to do. I'm going to stop thinking about it and just go out and ride it. And, um, you know, and it shows he, he came around at the end, got third place and the same for Billy. Like, yeah, he's on a vice, you know, he's on a bike. That's like not as good as the other ones, but he just rode it. And, you know, if you, sometimes you just got to stop thinking about it and just ride the bike. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, racing is so mental. It's actually underrated how much, how much mental, like with racing, how mental it is. I mean, it's, it's very, very underrated. And I don't think fans even understand it. Like, I think you have to be a top racer to fully understand how much mental, how good you can be just from your mental strengths and your mental toughness and your, your grit and just determination to go out there and, and just get the job done. Like you can't check out, you have to go out there and perform and you know if not it's a long fucking like my biggest fear when i would race if i would have a bad night would be the drive home like the drive home after a bad day at the track is absolutely miserable um i was more afraid of losing than i was excited to win just because of those emotions i mean it's you work so hard you put so much time and work in during the week and sacrifices and money and literally your whole life um you know, that, that would factor into my, my whole race day. I mean, the fact that I dedicated so much of my life to doing this and I go out there and I get ninth, I'm fucking pissed. I mean, I'm miserable. And that's why some of these riders that 
you know, they, they have a bad day and then they're out partying the next day or they're doing whatever. Dude, I, I wouldn't leave my, I was pissed. Like I would not leave my couch besides go out and, and train and I'd come back. I'm just grumpy for a week. Um, when you invest that much time, dude, it's yeah, you gotta want to improve. So yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, that was a really good result for Billy. And then Vanderkoy, man, he really turned it around, uh, from where he was earlier in the day. He was just like, he's, he was really optimistic with, even though he was struggling, just Jared's got a pretty solid attitude most of the time. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm just struggling. I'm like, well, I mean, only one way up from here. And yeah, he, he came around. I, I don't know if the restart hurt him. I, I want to say like I seen him at the tail end of the lead pack at one point. I don't know if he got a bad restart or what, but um, respectable seventh. I know, again, he's he's a former winner in this class. He wants to do better, but I don't think that's a bad result. Um, Davis Fisher in eighth. Again, I uh, I like Davis. I, I told him before the day started, I'm like, dude, if you would have whole shot at West Virginia, you might have had a shot to win that thing. And He's like, yeah, I know. I just, I just wheelied. And uh, yeah, so it was, it's cool to see Davis doing so well and he keeps his good season going. Um, and then going into uh, Henry Wiles, man, a uh, shout out to Henry. He really came alive at this race and on a track that yep. really in his whole career, it hasn't been his cup of tea, like these slippery car tracks and shout out to Johnny Goad and Sarah for, for giving yeah. him a bike that he was able to go out there and kind of look like the old Henry a little bit, man. He he diced it up in the heat, almost won the heat race, made the dash, or sorry, the semi, which stupid name, like call it a heat race, but the semi, uh, he went in and, and he diced it up for the win and he, he was in the dash and uh, a little, so there's a little two things. Let me finish. Hold on a little yeah. off of where I thought he was going to be in the main. Um, I thought he had potential to get a top five, but it's a, it's a work in progress and I'm sure he's working himself back into shape and, uh, he looks good. Like he walking around, he looks fit. He's not fat or anything. I mean, yeah. I'm sure Henry's <laughs> fit. So, uh, but it was cool. It was cool to see Henry back in the mix, man. Uh, not only back at the track, but back in the mix. Yeah. He, I mean, we kind of said it the last couple of weeks, like each week he, he's gotten better. And I know last week he got ninth place and again, he got ninth place this week, but to be in the dash for cash to get, uh, you know, to do well in the, the semi just shows that uh, he's coming around. He's getting control of the bike but i can't i can't help but think of billy and how it all played with henry coming back and getting the ride so there is like i'm a fan of henry but i feel super uh stoked for billy to go out you know having lost that ride to then go out and beat henry so there's a little bit of added like you know something to that so again just going back and saying congrats to billy so you know i know it's uh it's a it is what it is but i just wanted to give him a special shout out yeah, and he'll get better. Henry will get better. He's he's a good rider. He's one of the best. You know, he's a good great rider. So uh yeah, it was cool to see Henry back competitive. It's good for the sport. Uh Bronson in 10th. Uh honestly, I didn't see much of Bronson throughout the day, but a top 10. Um, those KTMs aren't easy to ride on a track like that. And and Brombo got a top 10. Uh Colby in eleventh. Uh he looked really, really competitive throughout the day in the heat race. And he was like right in the mix in a really stacked heat race with Briar, Dallas, and Jared, I think it was. And he, you know, some of his qualifying times, I want to say he was sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh in qualifying. And yeah, I mean, I I've ridden that bike a lot. And uh I thought I thought he had a good shot in that main event. I think he was up there early on. He he's riding that bike well. So I don't know exactly. Uh sometimes when the track gets really slippery, it can be a challenge to kind of figure that out. But 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of how he's coming along on that bike. He's doing really well. And I think he'll, he'll have a result, another result here before the year's over, kind of like a sack result where I think he got fourth, where he'll be, he'll be proud of. And uh, yeah, shout out to the team, LJ and John for, for, for keeping a bike on the grid and, uh, and keeping Colby out there. Um, Johnny Lewis, Johnny Lewis, bro. Oh. That was, that was awesome. Uh, not the main event. I know he's probably bummed. No. I, I haven't talked to him, but for him to go out, qualify fastest, win the dash, win his heat race. That is a big, that's an underrated. Yes. It wasn't, wasn't talked about or posted about enough. That's very underrated. And honestly, that bike looks good. Uh, I was watching him all day and he'd be, he'd be on the throttle and it would kind of be moving forward while sideways. Uh, they've done a really good job with that bike. Shout out to Brent Armbruster and, I don't know who's doing the engines now. I want to say it's Stauffer, Mike Stauffer, uh, who is one of the best. I could be wrong. I think that's who I heard is doing the motors now. And Johnny rode the shit out of it. Um, I The track, like it did get very slick at nighttime. And sometimes Johnny can struggle when the tracks get that slick. But he rode great all day. And I got to give a shout out to JL10 for mixing it up winning the dash that's a five grand baby write the check i mean that is like that's five that's a i don't know the math what is it 12 1250 per lap is that the math that's gotta be the math right so damn that's sick man congrats to johnny on a on a really solid day I, the main event we don't know exactly i don't know exactly what happened there but overall he he was great so that was awesome yeah no he had the the restart didn't help him any um so I think he got shuffled back from there. And as the track got slipper, slicky, uh, slicker, it was definitely hard to make up any any ground. Um, so, I, it's yeah, I'm sure, yes, Johnny, he definitely was not a fan of the restart. Which is kind of crazy because he's a kind of rider. He's aggressive and crafty. He usually capitalizes on restarts like that late in the race. So, yeah, it was yeah. – uh, yeah, I, have to, I don't know. I don't know what happened in that main event, but I mean, a lot of progress made on that motorcycle. So oh, shout yeah. out to Johnny, man. That's sick. Um, Dan Bromley, 13th, uh, kind of little weird uh, for me. I thought after the last race, he would, uh, he would have been more of a contender here. He's just a little off all day with the setup and he's riding really good right now. Uh, I think it's just a testament to how hard this class is. Uh, and just, yeah, 13th was all they could kind of come up with for uh for bromley but i think we have some racetracks coming up that he'll be he'll be pretty good at i'm interested to see how he'll do at like tracks like peoria i don't i don't know if they'll do castle rock that's literally another planet for for a small team like uh like that but yeah i, yeah, I think it'll be cool to see how he does at bridgeport and peoria and things like that going into 14th 15th 16th ben Lau, jordan harris cameron smith it was cool to see Jordan Harris get back in a main event. I I'm really good friends with Jordan. We we actually grew up together. He was one of my first friends at the racetrack, and we still we're still buddies. He's honestly one of the low key funniest guys at the track. He's literally so funny, and he's kind of quiet on, on the camera and shit. But fucking coal miner put her in the main event and and got 15th on the Varns bike, so that was cool. Cameron Smith 16th. Jeffrey Lowry, 17th. Garrett Wilson got in there, 18th. I don't know if he took a provisional or not. Uh, I have to look at the the LCQ stuff. We tried to get a provisional for James Ott after he stalled the bike in the, the heat race. I'm calling it a heat race, guys. He stalled it in the heat race, and he didn't get through in the LCQ. So we tried to take a provisional 
but Mishler had one point over us in the oh. innings, and Mishler got the got the provisional, which it's the way the cookie crumbles. Again, I've said it on the pod. I don't like provisionals at all. I think you should have to earn. Everybody should have to earn it. But yeah, it looked like Garrett took a provisional. Um, I don't know. I don't know why like Price didn't take it. He had Michael Hill, who I think took one already. Price, Harvat, Cisco, I think took one, and Wilson. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know why Price didn't take one, but yeah. What, do you know what happened with uh, Vanderkoy in the uh, LCQ? As like, because he put his hand up, he was. It looked like he broke or whatever, and then he like coasted across the finish line. Oh shit! I didn't even know uh, Vanderkoy was in the LCQ. Yeah, he just, just made it in. He got six barely just barely uh had the momentum to hold off uh hill coming around and so i'm never gonna let michael hill live down the fact that he got beat by a broke bike um but i don't know if you know if you have any insight as to what the i hell have no idea no i didn't even know he was in the lcq i i i'm gonna be honest i missed the I caught some of the LCQ from our pit. I missed the heat race where Johnny Lewis won. I went back and I watched it this morning and I missed the dash. I didn't even know Johnny won the dash, but I think, I think Briar came up to me or maybe Briar or Chad. And they were like, dude, Johnny won the dash. And it, it really, he wasn't really threatened to lose the dash either. Like he straight out beat Jared and won the dash. So yeah, there were some races that I missed. Again, I was uh, dealing with some team issues and uh, trying to get the, <laughs> Dude, it was such a, like, can you imagine for us? I mean, Chad qualified second and Ott qualified fourth. In the span of 69 seconds, Chad goes from starting second on the grid to the fifth row, and James stalls it on the line. It was just like, wow. <laughs> that escalated quickly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Golly, man. And then, yeah, then James ends up, you know, not making it through the LCQ. And Chad rode pretty well in the LCQ, but um there's no difference in finishing ninth or 15th right so why not throw a hail mary like we're not in the points with chad like if he can get up there and squeak a top five that carries more weight than 12th or 15th it's no difference to me to on the results column literally anything after like seventh just blends together you know and i'm just like dude let's try something crazy and and uh it was it was really bad but you gotta take those and i think those Husqvarna bikes. I mean, it's a great platform and you guys don't actually have factory support from last I read. And it's a testament to, you know, those bikes being like outside of this podcast, like I'm a fan of Husqvarna motorcycles. And I think it's, it's cool to see that brand do well uh, with limited support. Um, So I think it's, you know, yeah, when you're out of the, when you're out of the points and stuff, you just got to send it and see what happens because that stuff starts to add up for like maybe next year, you know, going for a little bit more support from Husqvarna or something like that. So, I mean, there's, there's bigger fish to fry and you got nothing to hold back. So I get it. Yep. Yeah. Overall, it was cool, man. I I loved going back to New York and I, again, I've been a little critical on this podcast, but I mean, what? that's, it's not that it wasn't that bad. I don't think I, no. I, I, it is what it is. I, I don't really care. Um. So, but it was cool, man. I, I saw, I was sitting at uh, the uh, autograph stuff uh, with Chad and James and I uh, turned my head and there was a tank slap in volume two t-shirt, like the yellow one with uh, sliding into the corner. I was like, hell yeah. Like I still see podcast shirts uh, frequently at the track. So I was, I get hype. Like, it's just so cool to see fans support what you're doing. 
And then I literally turned my head and someone completely, they weren't together. Like it was another fan. He had the first volume one shirt on and I got a picture with him. I think Tim Lester from uh, AFT took a photo of me with both these fans that weren't there together, but they just crossed paths in front of me and they both had podcast shirts on. So that's awesome. Shout out to uh, to the guy, both those fans who were. Uh, I I think I I've recognized the one. I forget your guys' names, but the the one in the volume two shirt. He said he listens to every podcast, so I'm sure he's going to listen. Shout out to the to the homies for representing the pod, and yeah, that was super sick. So it almost made me fired up to to get merch, some merch going again. A, but, a, a volume like, three. Nah. We got to yeah, get it going. Like, I was like, nah, I'm good. I hate selling merch. It's such a pain in the ass. But oh, shut up. But it you're is so cool. you're so spoiled. Okay, everybody listening, Corey has he has homework right now. One, he needs to look at the screenshots that I sent him on a text message about how to start a Threads account for Tank Stopping Podcast. So I did try. I tried, bro. Oh, I tried to do you're it. Such I, a boomer. I could not figure <laughs> out how to see if you, did you add because you have multiple accounts. Did you add? Can you add it to both of yours? Yeah, I can. You figured it out? Yeah, technology doesn't scare me. Oh, it does me a little bit, but 100% <laughs> I sat down because that would have been cool. Like our plan was to uh, thread. It's so it's it, I'm having a hard time with this thread thing because I've been a I've been a loyal Twitter Twitterer for fucking forever. Uh, I've I love Twitter. That's like my favorite social media site. Elon is like that's my boy. But I I'm yeah. I'm, I'm cool with this threads deal. Um, but. I'm having a hard time with it because now everybody like Twitter is, it's just a different crowd than Instagram. And now we have these Instagrammers like Cody cop. Who's like, I call it tweeting on Instagram. And I just have a hard time with it. Like you're just going to come in and start threading when you haven't been on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to chime in. and Yeah. So we're going to, we're, we're going to get the boomer. He's going to figure that out and we're going to start, you know, live, you know, tweeting, threading about races for discussion. And the other homework that he has is we're going to get some merch set up for volume three and uh, we're going to, we're going to make it rad. So we're going to, Oh, and then there is other homework out there though. I can't say what Corey needs to do, but you guys are going to love well, it. Well, maybe so we can say it. We, maybe they can get me motivated. Okay. We want to do like uh, some really insightful informational pods with tuners bike setup, riding coaches. Is that what you're talking about? We want to do like a uh, yeah. free subscribe yeah. and uh, it won't be much, just something to kind of no. keep the pod going. And just, we want to do some subscription-based pods where um, like people can t- tune in and uh, we have some you know, riding tips and promotional tips. And, you know, there's a lot of people on here with really valuable information that I'd like to, you know, toss a few bucks their way to come on, and then we we have sub- yep. um, subscribe and and keep that going. But do with that being said, thankful I didn't have threads at or, or I, I didn't tweet on on Saturday. I would have been <laughs> tweeting after the race. Uh, I was I was heated. So again, it's, couple, it's I'm not trying sharks deep. Yeah, I haven't been drinking much, honestly. I but yeah, I, it's uh yeah I. Yeah, again, I, it's nothing personal toward uh, toward these people, but I think the great thing about the sport and people that show emotion and personality is you don't have to guess what they're thinking, right? So that's yeah, one thing exactly. I, I tell about I tell these riders and team owners, and we don't have it enough in flat track, and you know you can either listen to the podcast or not, but where you where can you go where you get 
get that sort of input on what's going on and the, you know, the actual, there's no sugar coating or anything. I, I mean, no. it's, and it's cool. And I wish more riders did that. Um, because well, the other thing is, is we deal with dirt, right? And it's not like you can ever be perfect. So there's always going to be an angle of like, God damn it, like this could have been done, this could have been done, you know. So with like, take a lot of that with a grain of salt. Like, you know, we have, you know, well, you have a lot of experience. So there's there's there are things that could have been done, but at the end of the day, we we do know that dirt is not. It's not going to be perfect. And not every fucking racetrack is Springfield mile. Right. We get that. But there are things like that. We come on here and we, we want the sport to do better. Like for example, the fucking lighting last night was what, like they got there. They were there on Thursday. What took them? So like, why didn't they ever fix the lighting with yeah. the front stretch camera? I and will I get say it, man. they lighting... obviously well, yeah. they listened to the podcast because they didn't do that. Goddamn <laughs> drone start uh shot anymore they did the old school start so they obviously listened to you oh yeah they 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 really give two fucks about what we have to say but i uh (laughs) i will say that uh man the the crowd really showed up like it makes it hard to not look at coming back simply because the crowd was was so good but if you ask the right i mean the riders on the podium like i heard drain and maybe dallas or briar like they were vocal about how dark it was and and uh yeah i just you know i i know light bringing an extra lighting is expensive i do it at winter throwdown and at winter throwdown without the lights, it's still brighter on a short track than what that track last night was. And I still bring in lights. Like I rent lights for the entire weekend just to give the riders a little bit more lighting to, uh, to make it visible. I mean, it's, it's challenging to, uh, to go that fast and with their whole, you know, and there's holes and et cetera. So overall, I think the event has potential. We just got to clean up a few things and, the crowd showed up. It was really, really good crowd. So shout out to Bob and everybody at AFT events for promoting it well. And I'm going to give a big shout out to Maroney's Harley Davidson, Pat and Jimmy Maroney. They had a big hand in bringing the crowd in. Uh, They have their dealership. It's like 20 minutes away. And I saw a lot of Maroney's t-shirts. I mean, I probably saw a hundred to 150 people wearing Maroney's shirts. So shout out to, to Maroney's for kind of helping them along with the uh with the crowd as well i think that was a big reason uh with uh with why the crowd was so good it was solid good to see solid. them back in the sport yeah pat's the man he's it's my boating buddy man he's fun he's fun to go boating with. a little a little sketchy but he's i mean bad decisions make for good stories is what pat says so <laughs> yeah I, I like his uh stories on instagram when he's always on the the boat out of the uh the lake property i don't know where the hell that is if that's on the finger oh, lake george wood, but yeah, he's yeah. got a yeah. he bought a house in Lake George. It's on an island and you have to you have to <laughs> take a boat. So they're like remodeling the house and they have a boat, they're hauling furniture. Like they have to put it in the boat and drive it out to the house. Um Andy Murano actually is doing all the housework. He's a really amazing construction yes. and house and house and home improvement guy. And that's part of the I think the sponsorship with that is uh yeah. he con he con uh Andy into helping him with all of his yeah, and Andy's just, he's just okay on a motorcycle, so he's just he's okay. built like a brick fucking shit house too. I mean, we talk <laughs> about uh we talk about Raggio and uh, Mike Sadhoff, dude. You throw Murano in the mix, I don't know, dude. That guy is he's a strong mm-hmm. looking mofo. <laughs> I mean, he's very strong. As 
I think if you took the top five hooligan guys, like based on strength, and you 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 like put them in a wrestling match with uh, like the riders, it, it would kill them. Like they wouldn't even be close. So there's some yeah, strong, yeah. strong guys in that hooligan class. So you're goddamn right. I ain't afraid of the bench. You're fucking. You, you ain't doing shit right now. You're. I know. I know. Leg day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's about all I got, guys. Appreciate everybody yep. for tuning in. We got to get an interview pod here. We have a, a guest in mind, actually. I need to reach out to him, and maybe you we'll do. do it. Maybe we'll do it at the end of the week. But uh, it's a pretty okay. good one, honestly. It's one that I didn't yeah. think for a couple of years we'd ever probably do. Um, but we're at the point now where I think it's time to get him on. So we're mm-hmm. gonna reach out to him and see if he'll get on and try to do a rewind pod. I have we have a weekend off from AFT this coming weekend. I'm actually headed to. New Jersey Motorsports Park, we have our fourth weekend of Moto America Mini Cup. So getting cruisy back on the road race bike and back in the in the the quote unquote paddock. I know they call the uh flat track pits the paddock now, and that really, really bothers people. But back in the official paddock, um I want to give a shout out to Moto America for sponsoring the podcast. They're at Laguna Seca this weekend. We're back at Mini Cup the following weekend. If you can follow them on social media. The racing has been spectacular. I don't know if you saw the bagger, the bagger clip from uh oh, from yesterday with yes. O'Hara and Wyman, but they literally both slow sided <laughs> in the last corner. And it's stupid how fast they're going on those baggers. I mean, it is yes. absolutely insane. Um, and then our our guy Hayden Gillum, he our flat track guy, he, he got the win. And our other guy, our guy, our guy guy, Rispoli, man, he was uh finished second. So Moto America is doing so a lot correct of me if I'm wrong, but wasn't like Rispoli's lead dwindling or he was losing touch of the points, but then like mm. those two low siding like basically saved his season. Like I don't I, know. I, I mean, O'Hara picked the bike back up and he still finished fourth. I mean, he picked up the bagger and he still picked it up and finished fourth. Uh yeah. 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 I think I don't know what Wyman finished, maybe ninth or tenth. I don't know what the points look like, but yeah, Rispoli's been pretty consistent, like, you know first through fifth all year. So I think he's in the mix. Um, shout out to Dunlop motorcycle tires, big supporter of the podcast, big supporter of flat track, 19 inch, 17 inch flat track tires. I had the, I had the setup at Frederick on the, on the Dunlops. They were working so good. So if you're, if you need really good tires that work well, Dunlop is the company you need. Dunlop motorcycle tires.com Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing. Check out their website, Yamaha motorsports.com. Uncle Jerry, Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Jerry hasn't been at the track much. He's been working his ass off. And shout out to Jerry, man. He listens to all the podcasts, and we really appreciate Jerry. Uh, we didn't talk about Frederick, but I won Frederick, Eric. I'm a I'm a big big singles guy. Came off came off the couch yeah. and, and got some yeah. wins at Frederick, so that was cool. Well, I'm glad that uh, somebody else on this podcast is the number one uh, AMA. <laughs> uh pro so yeah hey. yeah it's good it's good to share that <laughs> light work light work no it was that track is so uh. gnarly it's every time i go there it, it never it it's so it puts me on edge riding that track so for oh it looks so good though i was so jealous like i'm going next year you gotta respect it man you gotta respect that track good. but it was like cameron smith showed up and bromley and sean bear it was a good little a good group of guys not a lot of riders not many show up just because the track is so unique and i wouldn't say sketchy but a little sketchy it's uh you got to res- respect the track and i i actually surprised myself on the single i i felt really good on evan i rode evan renshaw's ktm 450 and fuck man i felt pretty good on that thing so 
um who is well, we just talk about facilities and i just think it's so cool about how like you know you've got the stands like the, it, like there's that corridor almost when you're coming down the front stretch with like you know what's on the infield and what's on the uh you know just outside of it it's just it's so unique I, I, oh yeah, the crowd really is cool. cool they're really yeah. they're a lot of fun at that race they they're so loud and it's the only time in my life where i like hear the fans cheer for me like i feel like shana texter a little bit when i you know i'm on the podium they they're they're hype on just they appreciate everybody coming out i i love that event it's probably my favorite event of the year and it's super hot, but man, it was a, it was a really, really fun event and thankful to, to win it for my, my second time. So I don't, did you see the, uh, the newspaper headline? It said, daddy can still do it. I fucking lost it. Oh my God. No, I haven't seen that, but that better be clipped out and put on a fucking a wall yeah. in your, and, and, and maybe, maybe hang it in your bedroom. Right. Just, uh, uh, just remind. <laughs> yeah. Ian Riley, he, he texted me and he's like, you're, you're going to lose it over the headline. And I was like, what, what, why, what is it? I was a little nervous. And then he sent it to me. I literally spit out my coffee. I was like, no way. I can't believe they posted it. And I started reading it. And I was like, dude, I feel like I'm reading about my dad right now. Like life comes at you fast. So yeah, really cool event. I wanted just wanted to give uh, the Riley family and Fredericktown a Yamaha shout out for putting on another <laughs> really fun event. I I had a blast. It was it was good times. So that's a wrap on the pod. Appreciate everybody subscribes, tunes in to what we're doing. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Appreciate you, Eric, for coming on. Let's fucking get out of here and enjoy the rest of the Sunday. And until the next yes, time, we out. <laughs>